All right, welcome to a very special edition of the podcast. And uh, Robbie Hummel has been replaced by my daughter, Talia, as you can see. And it is the uh, Baylor National Title Edition of the pod. There you see Jared Butler uh, showing up for this. And Jared, congrats. Um, this is for all you guys, uh, but mostly for Scott Drew. And uh, it, it's sort of a tribute um, slash we, we won't do what we did to Paul Mills. We won't absolutely crush <laughs> Scott like we did Paul Mills a few weeks ago, but we will tell some stories, uh, or you guys will tell some stories. And we've got a bunch of former uh, Baylor players, current players, former coaches, current coaches. And uh, Scott, let, let me start with this. What, what does it feel like to be a national champion right now? Well, it feels great because you see all the uh, men on this screen and uh, uh, to know that they're champions because uh, uh, they laid the foundation and helped make this possible. So to see all of them excited and being able to celebrate this together, um, that's what uh, definitely brings uh, me the most joy. Um, I, I would be remiss to let you uh, talk about replacing Robbie Hummel and not saying it's an upgrade, though. So <laughs> tell you, there's a shout out. <laughs> Thank you. I very much appreciate that. All right, I've got a question for you. So going back to when you first took over at Baylor, you know, you were at a different place in life. You had a lot more hair. <laughs> Can you take me back to that first interview you had? Can you tell the story of that? Well, I, I definitely prayed about it, felt led to come here. And uh, um, we pray about all our recruits that come here, that uh, God gives us who we need. And uh, um, he's, he's blessed us with great young men. And uh, the goal was to win championships, and the goal was to, to get in the NCAA tournament and make Baylor an elite uh, power, and none of that happens without all these people on the call. And uh, they believed, and they worked extremely hard, uh, sacrificed a lot of time, energy, uh, and love them all. So I uh, uh, can't thank them enough. All right, we're, we're going to start with the, the old man of the group. We'll start with, with Driscoll. Uh, and, and he obviously started this thing, uh, with you, not just you two, but, uh, now, first of all, before we let Driscoll have the floor here, uh, listen, Matt, here's the deal. You get three minutes and then the buzzer goes off. All right. Like no more than three. We got to get to a lot of people here. So you get your three minutes and then, then you're cut off. All right. The first thing is I don't think a lot of people know that Kelly was pregnant on the way down. And, um, I told coach true, I'm not coming back. So I called a realtor and said, I need you to sell my house again. I just lived there for seven weeks. Need you to sell Coach Drew because it's his realtor. And got on the plane with all my luggage and put it in the bathroom. And I didn't know till later that Kelly had to use the bathroom a lot on the way down on the plane because we didn't even know she was pregnant. So she couldn't use the bathroom because my luggage was in there. The thing about Coach was when we got there, we were on the way down and Lawrence Roberts was getting ready to leave for Mississippi State. So coach was working it, working it, and working it. We were going to land, and then we were going to drive in a car down to see Lawrence, see if we could make him switch his mind. Then we were going to drive back, do the 7 a.m. breakfast, then do the media relations thing we had to do. Coming out of his contract, he signs his contract, and Bryce is with us because Bryce goes down with us. So Bryce and I are looking at the Bears at 1.45 in the morning, and Coach comes out to sign his first ever contract. I'll never forget this. As he's walking out the door, Bryce is walking like right beside him, right near him. And the secretaries and the, and the minister of assistants that are all sitting out there, they kind of get up and they kind of walk forward. And you can see Coach kind of, you know, like a peacock, kind of, you know, get a little bit like my first, you know, high major. And here I am and I'm coming out and signed his first contract. And 
they skip right by him and say, you break through? Oh, man, I offered you break through. So that was before we even did the press conference. And uh, all the other stories you heard are, are really, really cool and really, really true. And, you know, we've been on Coach about his plugs. I just showed, sent him something the other day, though. You can get PRP now. You can get PRP. David Chandler knows about PRP injections. But um, when Coach first practiced, we wore T-shirts, cut-off T-shirts, game shorts, and Adidas was kind enough to get us some back-ordered shoes from maybe two or three segments ago for teams that hadn't used them anymore. So that's how we got into the first practice. So a lot of things people don't know about. There's a whole ton of more stories. We interviewed a lot of these guys. Do you remember Tommy Swanson where Coach interviewed you? Where's Tommy at? Tall T, where did he interview you at? you remember? <laughs> Do you remember where? On the pitching mound at the baseball. There was a pitching mound. We were in back of the pitching mound. So, anyways, there's my stories. Who, who's, who's got the craziest recruiting story of Scott huh. Drew on this? Huh. Do, do you mean like huh. keeping your players or do you mean like going and getting new ones? Either or. I'll take either one. Because <laughs> Lace Dunn can uh, – <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> Lace Dunn transferred like 11 times, and Tweety Carter uh, is the reason that he stayed. But uh, Should we uh, use names? Do we use names, Coach Mills? <laughs> the, so in 2006, the, we just built a practice facility, and we were going to get a top 20 draft pick. And that morning, Coach Drew, Janet, and Homer were in town because we were going to have a fish fry to celebrate. We thought we were getting it the night before. This kid, the high school coach, told us. So, smartly, I go and get my teeth cleaned because I want to have great teeth because this fish fry is amazing. I walk in the office, and Laura Cox is walking out. And Laura Cox, I said, hey, good morning. And she said to me, and I quote, that no good mother. And I'm like, Wait, we don't swear here. And I turn to Miss Karen. Miss Karen's in tears. I walk in the office and coach the slouch like this. And I'm like, and I'm thinking, like, what happened? So long story short, we end up not getting the kid. The kid ends up going to somewhere else and was a top 20 pick. And after we got done, Coach Drew, do you remember what I asked you? Yeah, the dress was so great. He said, can we still do the fish fry? <laughs> Oh, man. And it was awesome. Hey, 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 Coach Bills, can you please finish up, though? Because no one no one ever had to recruit a guy harder than Lace Dunn. Because he packed his stuff in the well, car how many times? I, it's time. Yeah, I'll tell you who can tell the story better than me is Fred Ellis. Because uh, it was um, – we had our first Camp 5. Um, it was the second time. And Lace Dunn hated – he hated any morning workouts, but he especially hated them at 5.30. And all I remember is Fred Ellis calling me afterwards. So I'll, I'll turn the floor over to Fred. I was, uh, I was going to class. And Lace had his TV, and he put it in his car. I was like, Lace, bro, where are you going? He's like, oh, I'm about to do some laundry. I'm like, what you mean, Laundry? He's like, yeah, bro, I'll be back. <laughs> I just hit me. I was like, Mills, man, I don't know Lace coming back. He got his TV saying he's going to do laundry. <laughs> I, I go to class. I come back. All the coaches in the living room holding hands, trying to pray. <laughs> you know, you know, Coach Tang. Please, Father God, please bless your hands over, over Lace. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, bro, I'm about to be late to class. Let me get up out of here. 
Oasis, I ain't trying to hear this, man. I'm out of here. So, 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 so Tweety Carter, that our first McDonald's All-American, I see Tweety. Uh, he so calls cool. me, uh, and he's like, look, man, I don't think, you know, us Louisiana cats, we're a little different. I don't think you're going to get him back. But, but, but uh, Tweety Carter can finish the story because Tweety was the one who made it happen. Yeah. Uh, once I got window, what are you trying to do? I pulled up on him too. And like Fred said, he had everything in the car. I'm talking about everything in the car. The crazy thing is, <laughs> before though, Fred, he pulled out the TV. When I pulled up on him, he trying to get the big TV in the car and he can't do it. And so he like, <laughs> I'm like, where you going? He telling me he going to Temple. I'm like, bro, you're not going to Temple, bro. Like, ain't no way in the world you need all this to go to Temple. And uh, and so I'm, he telling me to help him get it in the car. So I'm, I'm like, I'm not helping. I'm gonna help you get it back in the house. <laughs> You're not leaving him, you know. So long story short, like they saying, he just, he just was trying to go home so bad. So I think I, I don't know if I called Coach Drew or talked to Coach Drew at the gym. I'm like, look, Coach, we either get him now. I mean, we either let him go home for a little bit now, or lose for the season. <laughs> what we gonna do? And we need him right now. <laughs> we. We need him because when he's on the court, he's amazing. But, you know, that, that was it. It was just funny that to, to see him packed up and ready to go. Man, the more we the stories, man, Mills made everybody start crying. <laughs> <laughs> Come to the scene, he get tears in his eyes, make everybody start crying on the scene, bro. <laughs> but, but you, know, you know, Mills has permanent residency down in uh, uh, Monroe. Because when Lace went down there, Mills went down there after him, and he wasn't coming back. Hey, and this, he but this is every, this every summer, though. We straight, yeah. <laughs> this every summer. This ain't check. Every summer, he packed every up. Every summer. Hey, Tweety, go through why you – I want to try to keep it on point a little bit. So, forgive me. I don't want to interrupt too much, but I want to – why did you go to Baylor? I mean, you had so many – I remember – covering you through your recruiting process and uh, everybody was after you like like they said first mcdonald's all-american why did you go to baylor and, and give me kind of any cool story you had of being recruited by these guys i mean the, the recruiting process was consistent um out of everybody you know baylor mm -hmm. all the coaching staff everybody was consistent with me you know my family everything you know and, and that that's that, that was big to me coming up and the high school i went to you know, it was reserved Christian. Um, wasn't, you know, as the, we started getting better as the years went on. And, you know, I always wanted to be a part of a special program. I didn't want to be named after nobody. I didn't want to be compared to nobody. I wanted to go, you know, make my own lane and, and make my own path. And that's what Baylor presented for me. You know, they didn't promise me anything. It was just all about, you know, you're going to come in and have to work. And that's what I wanted. I didn't want no handouts or nothing like that. And the, the recruiting process was all about, you know, being true to yourself and, you know, loving God and, and knowing that, you know, this is what we're going to be about coming to Baylor. And that's what I, that's, that's really why I made a decision, you know, because I really wanted to be a part of a special program. And look where we're at today. You where know? are so, you now, Tweet? I'm in Portugal right now. All right. So Portugal, you watched the game, right? You watched yeah, the game last sure. week. So sure. what was that like for you, being in Portugal, kind of starting this program and getting it going? You know, what were the emotions as you're watching these guys win it all? 
Well, I'm not going to say I started it, you know, like, um, you know, you're, it was you're guys integral. That me that taught me a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm part I'm part of that. The, the older guys, you know, just coming up, uh, helping out along the way. But, um, you know, everything we went through was just special, it was just special, you know, to um, to experience all the things that we experienced, you know, and, and to to be where we at today, you know, to see a guy like Jared Butler. You know, do what he does, do what he did this season, and yes, watching sir. that game is just was a special moment, man. You know, to see to see him winning and hold up that trophy, everything. Like I said, everything came down to just you know, it's special, and that's what I wanted to be a part of. And like I said, we here today. I will hey, say hey, this. Jeff, I'll say you this with Jared on here. I've, I've covered a lot of players over the years. I've done this for what? How long? Since twenty Tweety? Since you were young? Since yeah. you were 15. All right, that's how long I've done this. I have never been around a better kid, human being, than Jared Butler. I will say wow. that to anybody. Wow. Like, oh, yeah. as special as it gets. I mean that, Jared. I will say that to anybody. Uh, you, you conduct yourself with the highest integrity, period. And I could not be happier for anybody uh, than you cutting down the nets last week. I mean that. I appreciate that, for real. Thank you. Hey, um, hey Jeff. One yeah, thing ahead, I was going to tell you, all these guys overseas, what's amazing is they'll stay up all hours of the night watching our games and then text or leave a voice message or a video message. And it's amazing how much they stay in tune. And obviously because of COVID, they couldn't come back this past summer. But all these guys that, that, that come in uh, and, and when they get to Baylor, these guys, the vets come back and they work with them, develop a relationship but overseas, I mean, they staying up all hours of the night to watch them. Like, like, like Freddie just texted and said, "Sorry, I'm on the bus going to the NBA game. Otherwise, I'd have been on the call." Yeah. And I mean, that's like, 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 like he got the call up when we were going to the Final Four. And he's like, he was debating it for a second. They just like, no, you got to go now. You know. <laughs> hey, where's Tang? Tang, where are you? We'll get back to that interview in just a minute. But before we do, I need to tell you guys about a deal that our partners over DraftKings Sportsbook have cooked up. How many of you are NBA fans? I ask because for a limited time only, DraftKings is offering Field of 68 listeners and viewers a chance to turn $1 into $100 of free bets. This is how it works. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Deposit using the code FIELD68, this FIELD68. And then bet on one team to win. Any team, doesn't matter who. If the team that you bet on hits a single three in that game, then your account will be credited with $100 in free bets. How simple is that? They are giving away money. So go do it. Now, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the code FIELD68 when you do. Make a bet on an NBA game. When the team that you bet on hits a three, you win $100 in free bets. What are you waiting for? The offer is only available for a limited time, and it's only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 years or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Coach Tang. We might have lost I'm Tang. Can, can, can you hear me? Tang, you there? Yeah. Yeah, I'm in, uh, there you I'm are. in the car. How was the interview? I, I, How was the interview, Tang? <laughs> <laughs> Everything's going, going, moving along. Right now. Okay, good. <laughs> Give me, give me a good story from when you guys started uh, about Scott. Any, anything uh, funny, anything, you know, that you'll always remember when you guys first got it going? Yeah. Um, so I was a high school coach, and I come to Baylor. And, you know, where we were at, like, if you stayed at – when I had Heritage, if we stayed at a Motel 6, we was doing well, 
right? And so it's my first recruiting trip with coach. And so I got to book the hotel. And like all the hotels are like a hundred and something dollars. Now that was like astronomical to me at the time. And so I'm trying to find the cheapest hotel that's not too bad. And I find a holiday inn, right? And uh, so me and coach, we're like at six gyms. We, 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 we have to do a home visit with Chamberlain of Gucci. But apparently like he didn't tell his mama. And so she wouldn't let us in the house. We did the, we did the home visit on the hood of the car with the kids. <laughs> and uh, so it's a long day and we get to the hotel. It's a holiday in the carpet is sticky as we're walking in and, you know, we're in the airport. And he says, Hey, you know, saying, um, if, if you want to like find a hotel, that's, you know, a hundred and something dollars, as long as it's not crazy, you know, it's around a hundred dollars. Well, we'll be all right with that, man. It was, I was just terrified just to spend the money on, on recruiting. And so we sit down in the hotel, Jeff, and all of a sudden he says, Oh no. And I said, Oh no, what? He said, Today's my anniversary. I forgot. No. <laughs> I said, uh, oh I, said I said, that's I said, bro, th- that was this was not on my watch. I didn't know that's your <laughs> fault. This is not my fault. But <laughs> uh, so we no. never we never forgot the anniversary again. I put it in my phone and we always make sure we remind him. <laughs> and he has it. Hey, Coach Tank, tell Jeff the story about Oklahoma in the locker room after we lost. <laughs> I've never seen Coach Drew. The first time I've ever seen Coach Drew get upset. This joke is on the bench, right? He keep asking me why the guys are upset, like they're pouting coming off the floor, right? And uh, and so he keeps asking, why, why are they doing that? Why are they doing that? So after the game, we get our butts handed to us, and I'm in the locker room, and I was like, hey, Coach, you want to know why the dudes are pouting? It's because we let them pout in practice. He said, uh, well, you should have told me that effing thing before this thing started. <laughs> it's the first time <laughs> – uh-oh. <laughs> it's the first time I'd ever heard him cuss. Like he like he dropped the F-bomb and he said, I'll do my push-up. And he walked out to go talk to the team and, and Driz taps me on the arm. He says, hey, man, the next time you want to say something, run it by me first. All right, before you ask me saying <laughs> I did my push-ups. I did my push-ups. He did do, he did do his push-ups. Oh, classic. <laughs> Hey, we got we got Isaiah Austin on here. I know I saw Isaiah a minute ago. Um, Isaiah, you What's were up, as Zeke? highly recruited as, as anybody uh, in the country. Give, give me the story of why you chose Baylor and, and, and what that recruitment was like. Uh, really, it just went like, okay, so I moved to Texas when I was going into the eighth grade. And, um, you know, I didn't I wasn't really, you know, a, a talented basketball player at that time. You know, I was just tall and everybody was just like, oh, this new kid had moved in. He's six, eight in the eighth grade. And uh, I just remember, you know, sitting in the in the corner of 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 my little worldly gym, you know, was Baylor University. And like as I started getting better and as I started you know, becoming a high recruited uh, player, I just always left that in my mind. I was like, well, you know, when I, when nobody really knew of me, you know, Baylor was always there in the beginning, you know, and um, I got to know, you know, coach Drew and coach Tang, coach Mills on a personal level um, coming up to my decision to committing to Baylor. And I just knew that, you know, I, I knew that I could trust them. You know, I told them about my eye situation before anybody else in the country knew. And, um, Really, that's what that's what tied into me going to Baylor. You know, I knew that I could trust those guys, keeping my secret. 
And uh, they believed in me. You know, it didn't matter if, if I had a handicap or anything that, you know, they told me that I could be one of the greatest players that Baylor's ever seen. And, um, you know, that that stuck with me. So um, that's really what tied into me going into Baylor. You know, he was a valedictorian, too, Jeff. He was wow. an excellent student. Wow. So, so I, I went to watch Zeke when he was in the eighth grade and the eighth grade coach didn't want me to come in. And I said, listen, I'll walk in the back door and be very discreet. I'll go up to the top of the bleachers. Nobody will ever see me. And I walk in. It's a junior high practice. And Isaiah runs all the way over. Like, Coach Mills, good to see you. And the practice <laughs> shuts down. And, uh, and I said, man, I'll never be welcomed here again. But I knew that uh, we were in a good position with Zeke. And, and we were obviously <laughs> privileged to coach him. So I know we got a lot of guys who are on the first team. You know, year one on here. Matt Salmon, you know, what was it like year one? Uh, year one was was interesting, to say the least. I think uh, I was always blown away with how much energy and joy that these coaches uh, showed us, even though they really didn't have a lot to work with at that time. Come on, Matt. You're, you're selling yourself short here. Uh, well, Terrence Thomas was a really good player. That's true. Um, RT Gwynn was a really good player. And then the rest of us were, and Harvey Thomas, the rest of us were pretty much role players. So I, I, I kind of joke around my wife all the time, all these Baylor teams that have been out the last decade. I tell her the truth is like, I would be a very, very good manager on this team. <laughs> That's what, I would crush it in managing on this team. Any other Tommy, Tommy Swanson, Terrence, anybody got any good stories from that first year that um, would kind of, you know, take us back to what Scott inherited? Hey, hey, before you go, Tommy, we did have the best meal ever. And that was at uh, a Pops's restaurant. I remember yes. that. Yes. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. No, we, uh, it was, it was definitely a, a team bonding experience from the jump with, like Matt said, the coach's energy, um, it, it helped the morale with all that we went through. Um, and those those morning workouts was was any any everything uh, that it was it was uh, built to be. Um, we anticipated being hard. Coach said from the jump, we got to be the most the best conditioned team in the country because everybody's minutes skyrocketed. So, um, you know, we fought against each other, made each other better, uh, you know, months even before the season started. And, uh, you know, it was just pretty much a, we were a starving dog. You know, we were eating at each other <laughs> throughout the preseason. So let us loose on, on these other teams so we can take it out on them. I got a question. When, when, did, when did the morning workout stop, Coach Drew? I was never a big fan of the morning workouts. Yeah, I probably no. convinced <laughs> their staff. <laughs> after I left. After I left. <laughs> hey, Jeff, here's a good story about Matt and Tommy. It, you know, we didn't know what was going on. And we took over, obviously, whatever we took over. Coaching them got their apartments first, and they said, Drisk, you can come stay with us if you want. And I said, no, nah, I'm away from my family. I'm just going to sleep in the office. I'd put the coat on the door. I'd lock the office door. I'd go in my office. I'd shut my door, and I'd put a chair under it, and then I'd sleep on the couch. And one day, one day, Tommy, Tommy and Matt took a brick of fireworks and put it <laughs> on the outside window seal because our offices were on the ground level and lit a brick of fireworks, and it went right off inside my window and scared the living pejeezies out of me. And, and, and at that point, we knew that we had some dudes that were going to be in it no matter what. We only had seven of them, 
and we had, and obviously we had our walk-on scenario, but we had some dudes that were going to be all in and that were truly, truly convinced that this was going to be a, a, a situation that was going to be good. All right. So I, I want to know from those guys, I tell people this all the time. When I first met Scott, um, I was like, come on, this dude can't be real. Like, there's no way he can be, he cannot be this positive all the time. This has got to be an act. Like, that first year, are you guys thinking the same thing early? And then it took you a little while to realize, like, no, no, this guy's – this is him. Uh, I was waiting. I was waiting for him to change because I thought this is just – it's too it's too much at, from the beginning. And in the situation we're in, like, I know, like, cameras were rolling a lot early on, but I thought at some point things will – they'll calm down, they'll forget about us, and then – these guys will go back to normal. And over the years, I've just, I've had the pleasure of being able to tell people that they're legit. They're the real deal. What you see is what you get with them. What else you got to tell? You know, I heard a story. Mama dude. My dad told me a story about you and babysitting and how your wife will never let you babysit again because something with you going in the closet. What, what's that story? Well, uh, a lot of these guys are now dads, and I, I hope they're, they're better at watching their little ones than I am because uh, one of these guys on the phone call, I must have been recruiting. And when I was on the phone, I was distracted. So I'm in the closet trying to get some peace and quiet. And we have a little bitty window out the closet, right? And I see my Brody, which they know Brody's he's wired like me. He's running out. He must have been three with diapers on, heading toward the street. And, and at that point, my life flashed in front of me because I knew my wife was going to kill me. So, so, anyway, uh, uh, these guys are much better parents than I, I am. I know that. So, <laughs> Hey, Jared. Jared. Hey, hey, wait. Can you can you ask Mom to do what it was like when he first got here? Ask uh, Coach Driscoll or one of them what he showed up with and how they helped him with the water, with the shaving, with everything. Hello? 190 pounds, Coach. He walked in the office. I remember that. 197. Five peanut butter and jelly sandwiches every night. I was too hey, busy winning. the man. water and the shaving. I was too busy winning. We just finished the game. Hey, hey, Jeff. <laughs> oh, hold on. Hey, Jeff. He, he showed up 197, had malaria twice. Okay. That's why he couldn't come. Earlier, malaria twice, 197, bag in hand, leaves to go play Kansas. And Coach Drew says, should we play him tonight? <laughs> <laughs> I got I got a good story about Dew. So Dew was my first room, one of my first roommates. And I went in the locker room one time. All the lights were off in the shower. Dew is in the shower, shivering, freezing. And he's got all the cold, the cold water on. I said, dude, what are you doing, man? He goes, Chip, go, go. I was like, yeah, you know you can turn the hot water on, right, man? He's like, Zip come on, man. I turned it up for him. He's like, thank you, Chef. Thank you. <laughs> I turned the lights on for him, too. He was sitting there in the cold shower. Uh, but I loved it. We, we would go to Wendy's all the time. He put on like 50 pounds that first year. <laughs> Uh, and taught him a bit of English as well. <laughs> Where, where's Lace? Are you still on here? Yo, I'm still here. All right, Lace. So everybody kind of made fun of you there for 
you know, for, for putting the TV and loading up and, and trying to go home. Um, what, what was your, what was your highlight of your career? I mean, what do you remember the most of your Baylor uh, stint? Man, it's so much to be honest. It's so much, man. I got so many stories. It's crazy, but uh, my thing, man, just uh, just being able to be, be around a great group of guys, great group of coaches, and a great group of players. That was my main thing was being able to come there and just build a bond with some guys and build a brotherhood with some guys that will last forever still to this day. So that was really my main thing. But other than that, like they say, man, on five a.m.s, I went, I wasn't feeling them at all. I wasn't feeling. <laughs> Hey, 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 Jeff, uh, Coach Mills was someone talking about the scouting report. We happened to find that one day. Kansas State. Yeah, it was actually a, a, a booster that we had brought on. And, and I think he says he stumbled upon it. I actually think he went in the Kansas State locker room and started mulling around. Long story short, he finds a scouting report. And I remember Tweedy and Lace see it, and it's like, they can't do this. They can't do this. Now, mind you, I mean, Lace is the Big 12's all-time leading scorer until Buddy passed him by like five or six points. Um, and the more you would tell Tweedy and Lace, we would call them the Louisiana animals. And the more you would tell Tweedy and Lace they couldn't do something, the more you were in trouble. And I think Lace had 28 at the half uh, <laughs> on K-State. And he was like, now tell me what I can't do. And we would... <laughs> We would get to a point to where we started making up scouting reports and placing them in other team locker rooms. And we'd be like, Lace, look at this scouting report from Texas Tech. It says that you can't go left. And, and we just started making up stuff after that because we realized. And, and he went for 38 as a freshman at a Texas Tech. And, and he eventually got to where the point where he's just like, stop telling me that stuff. I can do whatever I want. So, uh <laughs> But yeah, uh, uh, Lace and Tweedy were uh, obviously great to coach. Who, who, who's got some good Scott Drew stories? Who's got? Again, we don't have to bash him here, but but I, I want some good stories, funny stories, something that people wouldn't know. Uh, I got a, I got a good story. All right, go ahead, Isaiah. <laughs> All right. Um, so after my freshman year, man, um, you know, a lot of people don't know. You know, I had a lot of characteristic problems coming into Baylor. You know, I was really egotistical and everything like that. So um, it's my freshman year. I, I ended up tearing my labrum in a workout and I was planning on uh, going to the NBA draft. And, uh, you know, Coach Drew, I forgot who was all there. I know Coach Drew was there. Coach Tang was there. Um, I think Coach Mills was there. We was at uh, Ray Forsett House. And this is what really just, you know, brought to light how good of a man Coach Drew was. Um, you know, I didn't find out until later, until after I left Baylor and after I, you know, lost all my all my ego and everything. But, you know, they didn't want me to come back to Baylor, you know. So we had a whole meeting like I had till midnight that night to declare to the draft. And I had just torn my labrum and they were like, you know, like if you're going to come back to Baylor, man, like you got to change your lifestyle. You got to change how you how you're going to be as a better player. You know what I'm saying? We just want you to be a better man and, and, and all. And, you know, I really took that to heart. You know, that really showed me how, you know, kind and generous and, you know, how genuine Coach Drew and the staff was at Baylor. You know, they they really showed that they cared for me, you know, and, you know, I was I was an a-hole, you know, you could ask any of my teammates in freshman year. We ran 17s every day in practice because of me, because I couldn't watch my mouth because I was cussing people out. You know, I was cussing at the coaches, this and that. But 
you know, they showed me that they cared enough for me that they wanted to actually sit me down and tell me about myself to show me that I can grow as a man, grow as a person, grow as a basketball player off the court. So um, we had a whole conversation at um, Ray Forsett's house and, and Pops was there and everybody. And um, I ended up, you know, they wrote up this little mini fake contract for me saying that if I were to, you know, <laughs> cuss or anything in practice, you know, that the team would would, would kick me off the team. And, you know, I, I really took that personal and I, I wanted to change myself. And that's when I was like, OK, you know, I, I am somebody that I don't want to be when I grow up. So um, I really took that to heart and that really just showed me, you know, how genuine Coach Drew and the staff was at Baylor. So, you know, I, I'll never forget that night. And I ended up coming back to Baylor my sophomore year. Um, I didn't have as great as as great as a year um, at Baylor as I did my freshman year, but it, it totally, completely changed me like 360 as a man. So um, Coach Drew, you know, Coach Tang, Coach Mills, I, I don't think I've ever told y'all this to your face, but I really do appreciate y'all, man. You guys really did change my life in a, in a dramatic and drastic way. So um, thank you for that. So that's that's just one story that I have about, you know, Coach Drew and company that that'll that'll be with me for the rest of my life. Love you, serious. you went serious on us there, Isaiah. I thought you were going to go funny, man. That was now, uh, heavy. Hey, Quincy, yeah. hey, hey, Quincy AC, tell, 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 tell them about the prom and about church. I, I'll, I'll, before, uh, before Q goes, Quincy <laughs> AC was friends with DeMarcus' cousins, right? Uh, you know, he was in the league. And I remember Quincy came to a practice, and I remember he said, man, Isaiah's going to have trouble. <laughs> in, in the NBA. And I remember thinking like, man, you're friends with DeMarcus Cousins. And if you think he's going to have trouble, this is serious. Uh, <laughs> go ahead, Q. What's up, y'all? Um, yeah, so I graduated prom 2008. And I had planned on going to uh, prep school following high school because, you know, my AAU, my AAU coach wanted me to kind of play an extra year. But you know, Baylor, uh, I, I did well in the camp that I was at, I think out in Philly. And, I mean, from there, they was like, you're ready, you know, come now. So, you know, it was kind of full court pressure from there. But uh, I had just had prom. And, uh, oh, yeah, so that was Saturday night. And then they said they were going to come to church the next morning. So, I'm, I mean, I'm enjoying my prom that night, you know. But uh, I got to get up early and go to church. Whole games there, Coach Tang, Coach Mills, and Driscoll, uh, Coach Drew, and I think Coach Tang got on stage and pretty much said a whole sermon. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that was my uncle was a pastor at the church, and you know my the church was a very uh, family oriented church, so you know my my whole family fell in love right there that day, so I couldn't say. Do <laughs> you remember what you uh, hey hey Q? You remember yeah. what happened yeah. when you drove the prom? Did I lose you? Remember when you drove the prom that night? Oh yeah, my uncle's summer. Yeah, and next day, and then, next day, Jeff, they were saying that we was illegally recruiting, giving them a home. Yeah, 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 he yeah, came yeah. to the home the church. Uh, yeah, school in our conference turned us in, said that we had bought Quincy AC a home. They turned us in, said yeah, we man. bought him a home. My uncle, my uncle's still mad about that to this day. <laughs> we, I won't say the player's name, but we uh, we all went to another church service one time, and they kept passing the plate by us like three or four times. Uh, wanting to know how come we weren't depositing more money 
and, and the player, we didn't end up getting that player, but uh, yeah. <laughs> but on to many church services before where, but Qu- mm. Quincy's obviously that one worked out. <laughs> yeah, that one. Y'all, y'all did y'all thing. Coach Tang, you, uh, you caught the Holy Ghost up there and my whole family <laughs> fell in love. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got we got Matt yeah. Matt Meyer on the Matt. You on there? Matt, he got the best shades. No, he's, he's coming back in. Hold on, hold on. Here he comes. He's coming in with his mullet. There he is. There he is. Matt, you there? Hold on. He's got his shades on, shades, mullet, trying to connect right now. Matt, you got us? All right, we'll, we'll get back to him later if he can figure this thing out. I don't know. He's studying, Jeff. Don't worry about him. What? <laughs> He's studying. Oh, yeah. Studying so hard. What, y'all talking about me? Yeah, we're talking about you. Uh, what was the question? There was no question, Matt. Zero question. Uh, we were just making fun of you. That's okay. it. I got, I got logged out. My fault. I'm still tuned into these stories, though. No, you're good. Give, <laughs> give us give us something. I mean, you got to have some good stories. You're a national champ now. Um, oh, you got <laughs> yeah, everybody there. Look, what, what are you at, a pool? Yeah, we're at the pool. Tough sure. life. Tough it's life. It's good. Living the natty champ life, thanks to Coach Drew. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So give, uh, give us your best uh, uh, Coach Drew story. You got one? Man, well, this, this isn't necessarily a story, but, like, just – during the um, coronavirus thing or the shutdown, uh, Coach Drew was working me out every day. I come in, I'm, I'm tired from the workout the day before. This dude is just clapping his hands, putting on dubstep music. All right, let's go. And I'm just like, I'm not ready for this right now. And he'd kill me for 40 minutes straight. But, I mean, that helped me a lot for sure. I mean, that's just kind of his energy. Y'all know, y'all know Coach Drew. Hey, hey, Jeff, they learned jock jams during the COVID shutdown. <laughs> Because <laughs> <laughs> For real. Yeah. The, the the older guys from 2003, 2004, they tell you all about Jock Jams, but the, but these new guys, they got no clue about Jock no. Jams. <laughs> what is that? Jock Jams and Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> trilogy. Yeah. The trilogy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> is it crazy? Anybody can jump in here, but the energy that this staff brings whether it's Drew, whether it was Mills, um, Driscoll obviously has it, everybody. The energy these dudes bring and the positivity is something that I've never seen of any staff anywhere at any level. Anybody? Go ahead, Jake. Go ahead, Jake. I mean, y'all just don't shut up the whole game, so I had to go find a spot by Charlie at the end of the bench. So I figured that about halfway through my freshman year. I was like, man, Coach Drew and Coach Stane, they're going to yell the whole game. So I got DC and Charlie to, to get me a spot at the end of the bench so that I didn't have to hear it the whole game. But, I mean, you can't argue with the results. So We'll get back to that interview in just a minute. But before we do, I need to tell you guys about a deal that our partners over DraftKings Sportsbook have cooked up. How many of you are NBA fans? I ask 
Because for a limited time only, DraftKings is offering Field of 68 listeners and viewers a chance to turn $1 into $100 of free bets. This is how it works. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Deposit using the code FIELD68, this FIELD68, and then bet on one team to win. Any team, doesn't matter who. If the team that you bet on hits a single three in that game, then your account will be credited with $100 in free bets. How simple is that? They are giving away money. So go do it. Now, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the code FIELD68 when you do. Make a bet on an NBA game. When the team that you bet on hits a three, you win $100 in free bets. What are you waiting for? The offer is only available for a limited time, and it's only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 years or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, all right. Well, okay. I need one of the players or Coach Driscoll to tell the slap story. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up. You talking about when Tweety <laughs> slap, slap Coach Tang? No, <laughs> did he really? Did he smack on check? I want to hear that hey, one. No, no, no. I, I dodged that 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 that, that shot. We oh, were slapped. My fault. My fault. Tweety, you messed up. Tweety, you messed up. Tweety got some. Tweety got some hands though. That joke is bad. Tweety, you missed. Tweety, you missed. Coach Drew had some had some stuff he did. Like we ran the stadium steps at Oklahoma State, and we used the wrestling room at Nebraska in the winter. We did all kind of things we could possibly do to cold showers. Uh, yeah, cold showers in Hawaii before the game, uh, banging on the garbage can, obviously. So, Coach Moorfield was with Coach longer than anyone at Valpo. So, we come in the locker room before the game, and Coach Moorfield always stood in the same place. And I noticed that he wasn't there. And I got a little bit concerned because Coach is he's very, very, very ritual about things. He likes things to be a certain way. <laughs> So I thought I should probably go up and stand there so at least there's a coach standing where Coach Moorfield was. Well, Coach Moorfield was setting me up, and I didn't know it. So I go up and stand. We get done. Coach says, hey, everybody, stand up and get across from one another. So he said, Driss, stand right here. So it was me and Coach, and then everybody lined up two lines, obviously looking at each other. He's like, I don't like our energy. We, we got to get ready to go. We got to let just follow me. Follow my lead. And he literally – smacks me right across the face with his hand. And I mean, smack me. And as soon as he does, I pull back like this. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, go ahead, go ahead, hit me. And I'm like, coach, I'm not going to hit you. No, we got to get ready. We got to go. Go ahead, hit me. So I'm like, okay. So I like, whatever, smack him or I don't hit him like him. He hits me again. So bam, smacks me again. I'm like, man, hey, Joker going to smack me. I'm smacking him. Next thing you know, everybody was doing it. We were not warmed up, and we got beat by Stephen F. Austin, I think it was. <laughs> What's it like for some of you other guys, older dudes, to, to, to watch what, what just happened? Like, did you ever think this could possibly happen, winning a national title? I know teams got close with an Elite Eight twice, but there's a difference between – Cutting down the nets twice here and, and winning a national title. I can speak on that. Can I speak on that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Honestly, because I'm the elder statesman of the group. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> you know. You know how I do. I'm top five. Top I'm two. I'm, 
I'm really one of the sexiest dudes to ever play in Coach Drew's system. Mama dude, <laughs> Fred, Josh Lomas. We all the sexiest dudes ever playing the program. So, honestly, the year that Duke cheated us, we supposed to went to the final four. We all know that. That was a block. Which AC make the end when we up by seven. Coach K go home. They cheated us. But with this group, I think it was a special group because they all shared the ball. They played defense, rebound, and played together. That's, you know, being one of the older players, that's what I'm really proud about. Now, I'm also proud about all the guys from Tweety to Lace to everybody that's on here. Man, I'm really proud of y'all for doing what y'all do off the court and on the court, man. Like, just continue to play basketball, keep God first, and just stay on their neck, man. Don't stop till the wheels fall out because I'm so proud of y'all guys, man. From Respect, OG. Getting the first team. To seeing how everything is now, man, I'm so proud of y'all. I'm pretty sure all the guys that played in my era, we so proud of y'all because we knew how far we've come to this point. So we so proud of y'all, man. Just continue to keep doing what y'all do. And if y'all ever just get out of line, youngest, sweetie, <laughs> lay, uh, I'm telling you, Isaac, we ready to lace them up. Forty-five minutes to stretch. I, I don't <laughs> think Jared and Matt are too hard. Tall T is nice. I'm, you know, we've seen her come in and talk trash and back it up. So we know we got to be on point. <laughs> hey, hey, hey right me before I go, man. I told y'all, y'all got me up late. Mia's gonna text me say, yeah. Oh, you for five minutes, and it's been 55 minutes. But yeah, man. Uh, for me, uh, I just want to congratulate the guys, man. It was uh it was amazing just watching it from 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 over here, just keeping up with everything that I can keep up with, man. It was amazing. The whole ride. Y'all just had me feeling like I was there, bro. To be honest, I'm up 3 30 in the morning, I'm up 4 a.m. I'm catching games, you know what I'm saying? Just tapping in. So from from me to y'all, I just want to congratulate everybody from 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 Drew all the way down to the last player, last management. Man, y'all had me feeling like I was there. Y'all gave me a feeling, bro, and just got me right now feeling like I really was a part of that of that of that moment. You know, just seeing y'all the fed confetti coming down, everybody going crazy. Y'all had me turned up at like five a.m. I ain't gonna sleep till like six a.m. Had practice at twelve, so <laughs> I'm up all morning turned up with y'all, man. So uh, once again, man, congrats to y'all. Y'all did what y'all supposed to be did, man. Y'all was special, man. I appreciate it. Love you, cool. Get some sleep. Hey, I'm out, man. I'm a holly child, man. Y'all stay. <laughs> All right, cool. y'all young boys, man. Y'all enjoy, man. Be safe. Out. All right. Oh, God. Well, I mean, I'm I'm gonna go ahead on and and, and you, know, man. It's it's just was special, you know, like. OG said, man, from them, you know, paving the way for us. You know, when I came on a visit, it was just like, you know, it was always all love. And to see those guys continue to support me and the other players throughout my career and their career, you know, it was only right to give it back to these young guys. You know, whether they want to hear it or not, you know, I thought they, 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 really, they really wanted to get better every single day, like each and every one of them. Anytime I was in the gym, you know, me and Matt would play one-on-one all, all majority of the time, you know, ask questions. Like, all of them would ask at least one question a day if I'm in there, you know, and to see them continue to want to grow and to see them, you know, go perform that way, you know, credit to the coaching staff for sure, you know, but 
you know, between the lines, those players, man, they fought together. They had each other back. They didn't back down, you know, and when the, the losses that they did have, it was together. Like you didn't. And, and that's my biggest thing with them. You know, they stayed together throughout everything. The whole summer was all about building, all about getting better. And you've seen it throughout the year, throughout their play. You know, they wanted to win every single game, no matter who they was playing. They, they believed in themselves. And that was the goal. You know, to to make sure that they 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 know that they belong, and look where we at today, man. To go from winning a certain amount of games a year to winning the national championship, and you ask the question if we ever thought it was possible? Yes, that's why we went. You know, we just couldn't of complete course. it. You know, and that's why the program continued to build because of guys that that was before me setting the tone. And you know, Aaron, Aaron Bruce, I remember coming on a visit, playing him one on one, like consist, like just playing. And when I tell you it was tough, it was tough. I was like, I got to learn. I got to come back and learn something. I got to come back with something else, you know. But to um, see those guys cut down that net, man, like everybody's saying, it just was was a blessing to be a part of it. And, you know, credit to them, man. I know, you know, we all we all saying, you know, everybody paid the way, man. But to make it that far and to cut down that net and hold up that trophy, man, it's Big respect for them because they deserve it, and I've seen the hard work. King's got to go. You want to say something, King, before you roll? What is that, Coach? You want to say something before you have to go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm about to play in the game with uh, TJ, K-Rod, and Mario. And we, 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 back <laughs> where, uh, we back where it all started. How I put this camera? Matter of fact, I'll just show you a triple-A where you came and recruited me at, Coach. Uh, That's great. But now I just want to say you, you you deserve it all. Just everything you did with, with me personally with my heart disease and how you just uh, persistent, persistent, super persistent. And you just would not, would not take no for an answer. Uh, that meant a lot to me. I never really told you this, but thank you. Like, that meant a lot. You, in a sense, you saved my life. So I just want to say thank you. If anybody deserves uh, all this success and everything, you and the staff, because what y'all did for me, UBC, uh, Coach Tang, everybody. Y'all were definitely in like one of the hardest moments of my life. So I want to say thank y'all and y'all deserve all of this. I love y'all, for real. Love you too. Get some dubs on them jokers. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure, for sure. Like, I got to get ready. The game started in five minutes. And I ain't even stretched that. You know I'm getting old. <laughs> yeah, definitely stretch. All right, y'all. Uh, Take care. you 25. Hey, hey, Jeff, David Chandler is the one that took care of all these guys for all those years. And uh, uh, DC, you you want to add anything about these guys? What makes them so special? Well, I didn't take care of all of them, but I for twelve seasons I was the athletic trainer. But kind of what I wanted to say is I've been a Baylor fan all my life. Um, I'm 59, and I started going to Baylor football games when I was two years old. So I've been a fan all my life. Um, I've worked at Baylor for 33 years. And you asked the question, can you believe this happened? And yes, I can believe it. But did I think it was going to ever happen? I'm not so sure as a longstanding Baylor fan. And I'm just, I'm appreciative of Coach Drew and what all these guys have done uh, to get us to this point. And I live in Denver now and I'm flying my Baylor flag out front of my house. And it's great. Um, my, um, my oldest son was at the Denver City Park yesterday and he wore a Baylor basketball shirt. And he said every person he passed by commented on Baylor basketball. So just as a Baylor guy, and right now I'm a fundraiser, this is just great for Baylor. <laughs> I just, 
I appreciate what Coach Drew and all these guys have done. Um, it's just so special. I think this is the greatest athletic moment in Baylor history, and that's my opinion. Uh, other people might disagree, but I just really think that's true. And everybody on this call has a place in that, and that's what's special about this program. You know, Coach. Miller, I remember as a as a player early on, Coach Drew said it was one of his goals to have kids wearing Baylor shirts just like they would wear a Duke shirt. And that's starting to happen. That's really going to happen now. The big ones with the Baylor letters that they used to wear in the uh, (laughs) – Yeah. Yeah. You couldn't miss them. Bright. The biggest letters you could ever find. Whose idea was that? (laughs) I think that was Coach Driscoll's. His eyes were – he was the oldest one. They were getting a little bad, so he Hey, hey, Jeff, Coach Drew actually said that. Mark Mark is actually 100% accurate. He he said that, that we'll just have the same. If you look back, that font and that shirt has been around for 18-plus years. And he said that one day it'll be something that has more significance that people will realize, um, and and it's come to fruition. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I remember being in gyms and not knowing you guys first, and I'm like, who are these clowns? They got these <laughs> big shirts on. They're bright. They're three deep right next to each other. I'm like, man, who are these guys? And, man, you guys were everywhere. Like, that's the one thing that always uh, stuck out to me was – and I don't know if you guys want to talk about this as players or, or coaches or whatever, but it would be like you guys would beat somebody for, for a dude and every time it would be like they cheated. And every time it would be because you outworked them. Like, but they couldn't admit it because it was Baylor, right? Because it was Baylor and you guys hadn't done anything. And, and it didn't just happen with you. But back then, you were the biggest culprit of it because you shouldn't – nobody could admit with pride that you beat him for a player because you outworked them. Hey, we got Henry Dugat, and, yeah. and we worked our tail off to get Henry. And Coach Drew – um, Bryce got, got married and coach Drew couldn't go to Vegas. So coach Tang and I did Vegas alone. And when we got there to get the rental car, they said that it was an extra $10 to get the GPS. And we're like, man, we can't spend an extra $10. So I had this Microsoft program. And what we did is we, we got every single direction. We printed it out. We typed it out on the computer and we had a hand script of where we were going, the way in which we were going. And because we did it, when we saw – we were watching this kid with Russell Springman, Coach Mills, and when Russell left the gym, Coach Tang and I left the same way out – because we knew he was going to see Henry because Texas was trying to get him. We went out the other way, and because we knew so many back roads because of this Randy McNally thing, we actually beat him, and he walked (laughs) in the gym, and we're leaning against the wall, and he comes walking in – and he's like, he's like, you just see, he gave us that look like, man, how'd y'all beat me here? <laughs> oh, it was, now it was intense now. Recruiting was intense now. Well, Jeff, I, I don't know if you remember this, but it's kind of the Jerome Tang rule, the NCAA put in place that you couldn't stand along the wall anymore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tang would go in and, I mean, you couldn't tell him anything, especially when we went to the tournament in 08. And so we just wanted as big a shirt as possible. And, and the NCAA said they outlawed it, but we, we've always called it the Jerome Tang rule. Um, 
But uh, that, that was – Beeline uh, was mad, Coach Mills. Remember that? Coach Beeline was mad. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Why y'all moving but, those chairs? Why, why can't you just sit in the chairs? We want Beeline to used to get – oh, he used to get so upset anytime in Vegas when somebody was standing in front of the doorway. That was it'd us. Be like, it'd be like a level one. Yeah, that was us. Yeah, that was us. Tally, you had a question? I did. So, Coach Mills, you know, I'm pretty sure you were sitting in the stands for the win. What was it like, you know, after all this to see uh, Coach Drew finally win that national title? Yeah, I think for all of Baylor, I cried. Um, Like, like it was was unbelievable just, you know, because I I tell people that outside of my wife and my parents, I mean, I've been with Scott Drew and Jerome Tang for – you know, uh, 14 years. And so, and so, I mean, they're third on my list. You're, you're just with those guys every day, but you're very familiar with all of the players and their stories. I mean, uh, we ended up losing in the sweet 16. I, I, I don't know that we could have beaten Baylor. Uh, well, I definitely would have liked to try, but I can tell you this when they run line, well, we run line two, so our players would have known. Uh, when they run twenty-two on the uh, on the zone offense, we run twenty-two, and and our guys would have been really prepared because what they do, we obviously have some similarities. But I, I'll tell you, I was sitting with Grant McCaslin at North Texas, sitting with Coach Driscoll. We all, the first thing we said, we like, man, Coach Drew has got to send DC David Chandler. Uh, a ring first uh, because everybody will tell you that the training room is kind of where all the talk and everything goes and, and DC was able to navigate that. But I was just so happy for DC. Uh, I, w- I was happy for so many people, more importantly, um, the, the players at Baylor, the coaching staff at Baylor and all that they've invested. But um, yeah, I, I, I've been on a, I was pretty depressed after losing um, a two-point game to Arkansas, but watching that happen, it's kind of – it's picked me up a little bit. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's a special feeling. How, how hey, much, by the way, by the way, right. Jeff, when, when we were talking about people beating people to the gym and, you know, Drisk had to have directions in the shortcut, if Mills would have beat someone in the gym, no one would have questioned why, all right? He's the guy flying down the highway everyone knows about, you know, for the record. Yeah. By, by the way <laughs> – do, do we now, now that when, when we did the podcast three weeks ago and, and we made Mills tell the story, the Kevin Bacon story, and, and it froze, by the way, at the right time, he had to he had to go retell. Everybody asked him about it, you know, again and again and again, all the other reporters. And it softened every time he told it. It softened <laughs> a little bit more on the mills meter So I, I don't even know if it – like, was Kevin Bacon even in that barbershop? <laughs> I, I've told those guys, y'all aren't getting Hollywood after me, so you have to stop telling this story. Uh, <laughs> I am not here to make enemies. Good move. Very, very, very good move. Hey, um, hey, hey Jeff, Jeff, can I, can I share one other one? Yeah, you know, of course. Jake Lindsay and his dad, Dennis, have been having some fun with some Big 12 players on their team. Can you ask them what, what they've been doing? Go ahead, Jake. Yeah, so we, uh, we have George Niang. Um, who took special delight in torching us at Iowa State. Uh, Doka Azabuki, who we all remember what he did to us in Waco. Uh, we recently added Matt Thomas to the team. So uh, we took the special pleasure in creating a group text. And um, after every Baylor win, after the uh, numerous Iowa State losses, 
Um, they got a text and got to hear all about it. We got special made shirts from Coach Drew with uh, Azabuki and Niang on the back. Um, they were in their lockers, and now they're uh, they're hanging in our jazz facility. So as soon as we uh, as soon as we uh, get a get a banner, that's gonna fly. And then when as soon as me and Dennis get our rings, we're gonna you know let George and Dope and Matt deal with that slight. You know? Be ruthless with George. So oh man, just so you know. Uh, George yeah, yeah. actually came over here and Taya kicked his his butt in ping pong a few years ago. I was like ago. 12. I think yeah. I was like yep. 12. Yeah, crushed him. So he stinks at ping pong. Uh, Iowa <laughs> State stinks right now. So it is, it, it's rough on George. <laughs> Luckily, yeah, you was, guys it was, a, it was a tough year for George, but he's playing good. Yes. And, uh, the Jazz are doing well. So we're, no, we're, George is the best. George is the best. Yeah. Uh, anybody else? That kind of wants to, to to jump in now before we start to wrap. I know we've gone an hour. I said it would be about an hour, but I'm good as long as you guys are. So, um, again, any any other thoughts, any other stories? Um, you know, to me, again, I, I felt – I'll say this. Um, for me, it was emotional watching a week ago. It, it really was. And I don't know if I told you this, Scott, but, like, you know, standing there with your brother and dad, you know, with your wife, with your kids right there. Um, it, it was really emotional for me because I could see the pride that your kids had in you and your wife had tears going down her face. And like, that's what it's all about. Right. Like, and I know what you've gone through. I, I know I know the road and I know how positive you've been, but I know it hasn't been easy. Right. I know what you took over. I was covering recruiting then. I, I knew. I've covered college basketball. I know what people said about you in terms of, like, he can't coach. He can only recruit. And, mm -hmm. like, that's the coolest part of all of this. And I know you're not a guy to be like, hey, well, I showed him. That's not you. But, man, like, it was kind of cool. And I'm sure a lot of people on this call feel the same way as I do. It, it's pretty cool now for you to be able to say, like, yeah, I, I want a national title. Like, I'm one of the greatest coaches now in college basketball, and you can't ever take that away. And what you did building this program, not rebuilding it, because there was nothing like you built it. You built this program. You all did. So anyway, that that are my two cents. Hey Jeff, hey Jeff, I love I love your hat. You look great in it. But I think everyone in this call will tell you, right, Coach Jacobs? Because I always say it all the time. It's never an I. It's always a we. And everybody on this call. It's a we thing. So, Coach Jacobs, Coach P, you guys haven't said anything. You guys got anything to share? You know, Coach Jacobs, him and uh, Isaiah, all them mornings together. I know you're proud of how uh, Isaiah finished his career and, man, he's become. So, go ahead, Coach Jacobs. Yeah, unfortunately, I was the guy who Isaiah kicked the balls at and swore at and chucked everything <laughs> at every morning at 7 a.m. But uh, I love him, and uh, he's one of the most important uh, – guys in my life I can say this about coach Drew he, he pretends like he's all what you're saying Jeff but he's not uh this year you know we split the teams up and uh we play five on five and coach Tang and I are on one side and coach AB and coach Drew are on the other and for a week coach Tang and I beat those two every day and it wasn't even close in practice like we killed them so we split the guys up in half and he took the starters, and it's the first day that um, everybody on the team knew who was going to start and who wasn't. So AB and I, we got all the guys that weren't going to start for that day. And they're crying, and they're pissing and moaning, and they're upset. 
And, uh, of course, Coach Drew wins every game by 20 that day. He referees. And, uh, at the end of it, he walks over. What's that? He referees. That's why. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. He, he, plays, he plays until he wins the last game. He cheats with the referees. And at the end of the time, when he won every game by 20, because all the upset guys that weren't going to start were on our side, he walked over to me and he said, hey, Coach Shakis, how do you like that 20-point loss? <laughs> so, so, like, the outside perception, he is the nicest bully that you have ever met when it, came, when it comes to winning. And you don't go from where Baylor was to where Baylor is if you don't, like, really love winning. And maybe the most underrated thing about this is he knows what a good player looks like and he hates to lose. And he will rub both in your face when he gets both. And uh, I actually love that about him. Coach P, what do you got? I, I think the one thing I'd say, Jeff, that a lot of people don't uh, take into account is that uh, very few coaches can change. Okay, they, they don't adapt. They are who they are. As you well know, you cover college basketball a long time. A lot of head coaches have huge egos, okay? And it's that way in the NBA, too. You, know, you may be right. You may, you may think you know what you're talking about, but that head coach has an ego, and he's not going to listen. All right? Yeah, I, I've done this. I've been here. You're brand new. Uh, I, I experienced that when I was in the NBA with the Bucks a lot. But uh, what I was going to say, we lost uh, my first year here. Uh, I've been here four years. We lost in the NIT. Uh, we didn't make the NCAA tournament, and Mississippi State beat us on a fluke shot. It was unbelievable, kid. We scored. Uh, Manu, Manu uh, Lacan scored a, a layup with six seconds to go. They came down. I can't remember who shot it, but he shot it and went straight up in the air, and no way it's going in. Well, it dropped down. We lost the game at the buzzer. He made a three, so we lost by one. Well, after that time, uh, he must he visited with Coach Tang and some of the other coaches on the staff. Um, you know, we played about half zone and half man, and he changed. He said, we're going to play all man. We're going to keep the ball on the side of the floor. We're going to really pressure. We're going to be physical, and it changed the total concept of how we played and a little bit how we recruited. And a lot of head coaches wouldn't do that. He'd been to two elite eights. Why should I change? And, you know, that, that, that shows a lot for the man and how much he wanted to win and what he was willing to do. And when he did it, I mean, I, you know, we all had a vote. He lets everybody vote on the staff. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you now, I was like 50-50. I just don't know if it's going to work. But we were really fortunate to go to Italy, and we did it all summer before the Italy trip and practice and in Italy. And you can see the difference it's made in our team after he did that. And a lot of people wouldn't do that, you know. I feel like he's always learning. Scott, every time I would sit next to you at an AU event, kind of no matter who was on the other side of us as a coach. Like I remember one time it was Billy Donovan. So that made, that made sense. <laughs> I to learn whatever you can from Billy, but I feel like it didn't matter who it was. You were going to try to learn something from that person. It might've been X's and O's. It might've been recruiting. It might've just been, uh, you know, about as a, as a person, but I feel like you're always trying to learn no matter who it's from. Maybe that's because I know I'm not that smart, so i got to constantly learn. <laughs> Whatever that it is. It drives you crazy, Jeff, because, like, somebody will show up to practice that um, we don't even know who they are, right? And one practice. And this joke will go over and ask them, 
hey man, so who do you think should start? Like, when you start, right? Yeah, yeah, who do you think should start? And then he'll come tell us, hey, Johnny, the, the GA or the, the whoever from this, he thinks these should be the. Hey, speaking of someone showing know, up to practice, you know, you know, Tall T, he, he, his dad, his dad said uh, when he was practicing, um, there's always going to be someone at the top of the arena. You just keep telling Tall T it's an NBA scout. <laughs> and every practice, Tall T practiced hard when he saw that NBA scout. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Now, Jeff, what I was what I was getting to is that coach values everyone's opinion. And it's not necessarily that he's going to do what they said, but he takes in all the information and then deciphers it and then comes and like if he sold on something. He's going to tell you, I'm sold on this. This is what I want to do. Let's not talk about it, right? But if he's not, then he wants everyone's opinion and he values everyone's opinion and he's able to cipher through it and then come up with what he feels is best. And uh, I mean, I, I just, it's just amazing how he's able to, to really value everyone. And, and, you know, people talk about what good teams he's had, but just think of this dude is, he's like a hundred percent on hires. Right. Like, tell me who he's missed on. And like his ability to put a staff together and put the right people together. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, so Scott, are you going to uh, you're going to slow down now? Now, after you, you, you won a, a national title, you're going to kind of you're 50. You've won a national title. You, you're going to stop working this hard or what? Well, as, as Coach Tang said, uh, uh, this is pretty fun. We want to do this again. <laughs> we need to get to work. <laughs> so, transfer uh, Jeff, portal. We've, ta we, we've, ta we've talked about it. I mean, I think you are who you are, and you do, do, do what you do. And hopefully the older we get, the smarter we get with what we do. But um, at the end of the day, everyone on this call is a grinder. Um, nobody had a silver spoon in their mouth. Everyone's gone out and used the talents God's given them to their, to their fullest. So we're going to keep grinding away and doing it, doing how we do it. So Ryan, I don't know. Did you want to say something? Hey. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I got two, I got two stories. One story everybody needs to hear, but before I say that, um, being, I'm the biggest nobody on this call. I just want y'all to know that like y'all, it is unbelievable the talent that is on this call and to see the talent that has accumulated in Baylor basketball over the last 18 years, 19 years. It's unbelievable. But I'll say this, as, as a walk-on with that first team, it's real easy to give the attention to the Jared Butlers, to the Henry Dugats, you know, to the Curtis Geralds, to the Matt Samens, to all those guys, right, when you're recruiting. You know, that's easy, right? Because everybody wants them. What, what really stood out to me with his entire staff and Coach Drew all the way down, Coach Driscoll, Mills, Pang, um, Moorfield, all those guys that were with us in, on, on day one was that they gave that attention to us, like the guys that they inherited, right? They had nothing. I mean, I didn't, they didn't know me from a hole in the wall when, when they got there. I remember Coach Driscoll was in Dave Bliss's office the first day I walked in there with my mom. And he was like, who are you? And I introduced myself. And he's like, yeah, I think I saw your name on the whiteboard. He's like, is that you? And I points to the whiteboard. And he's like, he's like, okay, man. He's like, welcome. You know, let's, you know, let's get started. Like introduce yourself and let's go. And so to me, that that's what, that's what kind of speaks the loudest. You know, like I said, it's, it's easy when, when there's a bunch of, you know, there's, there's blue chips and five stars and all that stuff by your name when there's no stars and 
you know that it's going to be a long road and, and an uphill battle, you know, to get in that trench with guys like myself, um, you know, that didn't have the talent and, and you know, things like that and, and just grind it out. I think the perfect world, Coach, you just used it, grinders. That's, that's, that's kind of what this thing was built on. But real quick, quick story, my favorite story, you want to talk about motivation tactics. The slapping one is good, but my favorite was we were going to Missouri. We are playing in Missouri. And I believe this is the first year. Matt Saman can, let, can, can tell me at the time. I believe it was. But we're eating dinner the night before the game at a restaurant. And Missouri has this rowdy group of guys called the Antlers, I believe. And they show up to where we're eating at the restaurant. And they stand outside the window and they start saying all these you know, terrible things. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff that went on that, that we didn't have control over. And they start calling us all these terrible things. And I remember Coach Mills and, and Coach Driscoll stood up, didn't let them get to us because they tried to come inside, kind of, you know, told them to, to go on their way. The manager of the restaurant told them to go on their way. So we finished dinner. We, we get done. We go to the arena the next day to have shoot around. We come in after shoot around. We're getting dressed for the game, about to go out. Well, who does Coach Drew bring in that locker room? But that same guy that was at the restaurant the night before to tell us how bad we suck, how terrible we are, how we're never going to win, just to get us all fired up, you know, and go out there. And, again, I think we got it by, you know, we got handed it by 20 or something. But that wasn't the point. You know, that wasn't the point, man. He was it, – it's, it's, it's funny. Like, we laugh about it now, but, but looking back at it, I mean, it, he's crazy. But at the same time, there's a method to the madness, right? Like, there, he knew that, that that would get us, you know, on a level that, that nothing else really could. Then him just coming in there being like, guys, we got to win another – try to win another one. You know, because at that point, like you said, when you're, when you're not on top and when you're, when you're on the bottom pretty much and, and you're losing so many games in a row, I mean, you got to get creative with how you motivate and, and how you get people to, to give that maximum effort all the time. But anyways, that's, you know, like I said – I'm a nobody on this call, man, but but forever I'll be grateful to, to the way that Coach Drew and, and his staff treated treated myself and, and my family and all of us on, on that first crew. And, you know, I, th I think it's great that, that Matt Saman and, and Tall T and, you know, if, if the other guys, you know, Harvey, you know, Harvey Thomas, Turner Phipps is on this call. I mean, he, he was there in the, in the trenches as well. Um, you know, Corey, all those guys from the first team, Ellis Kidd. Um, you know, it was just a, yeah, not, maybe not Ellis so much, but you know, <laughs> he was there in the beginning. Right. But, but no, it was, it's just, it just speaks volumes, man. And, and like I said, it's, it's real easy when you're on top, but, but they've been doing it since day one. And, and you can see that, you know, from the success of, of the Drew tree, I mean, with, with coach Chris, you know, at Northern Florida and, you know, coach Mills and, and uh, I'm, I'm blanking. He wasn't with me, but, you know, coach our coach. At, yes. Thank you very much at, at North Texas. I mean, it's, it's just been it's been amazing to watch, man. And, and I'm, I'm so proud to be uh, the little bitty part uh, that I was. But it, it just makes me proud that that my kids get to see it now. Right. On a whole different level. So thank you. Well, listen, I, I, anybody else? Anybody else want to jump in quick or should I wrap? Yeah, you want to say something? You are three and oh in championship games. Um, no, I just, you know, I think the biggest thing with Coach Drew is what really surprised me when I first got to Baylor was, you know, I'm not, you know, being at Kansas State and being a competitor at the time, like you say, the energy, you think the energy is fake. And, you know, my office is right next to his. And I could literally say, no matter we lost or we won the night before, he speaks to me the next morning. 
And like something that small goes a long way because he sets the tone in the office. And with his energy being high and his energy being positive, like everybody else has no choice but to be be positive and have high energy. And and the way he treats people, I mean, he is many stories that we could tell how he treats people. But, you know, we have that week. And that's something that I, I've never been a part of in my life. And all the vets come back for an entire week and they play against the current guys. And they also share the knowledge that they have. And I think that's a huge, huge advantage for our program because it's guys that have experience that's walked the shoes of our current players that's actually given back. And, you know, he has a ton of different stuff. And I could tell you one quick story. I remember my first road trip with um, with Baylor. We, we played – we scrimmaged Gonzaga, matter of fact. We scrimmaged Gonzaga in Oklahoma City at the Thunder place. And so we go in the locker room, and Coach Drew, like, the music is blasting. And I've always been taught, like, if you playing music or if you laughing, you dancing, like, you're not ready to play. And, like, he has everybody loose, and I'm looking like, what have I got myself into? <laughs> and I remember calling my dad that night and saying, man, you would never believe what we do to prepare for games. And, you know, I mean, obviously, if I'm blessed to become a head coach, I'm going to do the exact same thing because I see the method to the madness. <laughs> hey, B, tell him a story about recruiting, where he got pulled over. I'll, I'll be quick on AB. I, I, I do remember AB just laughing hysterically uh, <laughs> the first time we were in that locker room to play Gonzaga because he was like, no way. Y'all do this every game. Like, we used to beat on trash cans, at least now. <laughs> we upgraded. We got stereos. We upgraded. Uh, so hey, quick, hey, Al, so Al you got to tell – yeah, you got to tell the Atlanta story. Yeah, so so we're in Atlanta recruiting, um, and – I always like to – I'm a person that like to be on time. Like, so I leave early. Like, I'll fly the night before just so I could be at the gym early. But Coach Drew – Coach Drew. Like, Coach Drew, he he flew. He said, I'm going to take a later flight. So he flies in. And, of course, everybody know Atlanta traffic is, like, ridiculous. So the games are about to start. And it's two games. So I cannot possibly watch both at the same time because the courts are far apart. So he called me. He said, man, I'm sorry. I'm a little late. I'm stuck in traffic. And I'm like, all right, come on, coach. I said, I'll, I'll cover this part. I'll cover one game and then you will switch. So he says, wait, 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 wait. I got an idea. And then I just hear like he driving on the median. And so he like, I'm, I'm catching up. I'm catching up. I'm, I'm, I'm catching up time. And then all of a sudden you hear. Rrr, rrr. He said, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> he, said, he said, I got to go. <laughs> and, and so, obviously, he gets a ticket. I'm like, man, did you explain to him? Like, you know, you probably could have told him. And, you know, he's like, nah, he didn't look like he played basketball. He wouldn't have cared. <laughs> Mills, hey, Jeff, Mills hey, Jeff, hey, Jeff, hey, Jeff, that goes back a long way, too. You talk about Coach's optimism and about how he's always believed yeah. and his vision. When we were at Valpo, he thought we were going to get Al Horford. And, <laughs> yeah, and, he, and, he, and he explains to me this connection <laughs> with the Dominican Republic and with Tito and that we're going to get Al Horford. So it's us, UCLA, Louisville, Florida, and I don't know who else was in it. Tad Mata was there. I'm thinking to myself, what are we doing? Like, 
And he's like, we're, we, we got a chance. We got a chance. We got a chance. We're driving home. You remember this, Coach? We were flying. And Coach Mills already told you the story about his high-level radar detector. Yeah. But the high-level radar detector doesn't matter if the police are going the other way. And the guy's going the other way. He gets off in that roundabout. He's going to come get us. And all of a sudden, like, we got, like, two hours left to drive. Coaches starts picking up the pace. And gets off the exit. I said, Coach, what are you doing? He's like, man, that dude just got me. I said, what are you talking about? He's like, you'll see the lights in a minute. We're going to get something to eat. <laughs> he, he, knew it, he, he knew how to do it, boy. He knew how to do it. Yeah, we can edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> My guess is that's not the worst thing you've done driving. No, no. Hey, hey, hey Jeff, once I got pulled over, and this all getting edited out, on the way to shoot around, and I'm late. And I tell the guy, hey, I'm, I'm late. It's shoot around. He goes, all right, I'll give you a warning. And I take off, and 10 miles down the road, I get the second one. The guy comes, <laughs> it just gave you a warning. You know that. I, I said, let me let me just call. I'm not going to make it to shoot around. <laughs> you got pulled over twice in 10 minutes. Twice. One warning, one ticket. This is all coming out. <laughs> Man, how many, how many tickets have you gotten in your life? Now, over, not over as many 100. as Mills, but I'm, I'm competitive. You are? You right there? <laughs> <laughs> Mills is number one on the staff. Coach Drew is number two. <laughs> Coach Drew, Jeff, would go for a flight. He would pull up, go in and get his ticket, come back out, then go park his car, and then go to the gate. That's how close he would make it to flights. Because you know you got to get your ticket before they shut it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You had to get your ticket before they close the door. Yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, well, hey, one time he asked me, he said, uh, Hey, I've got this rental car, and uh, uh, but I, I, I don't know if I'm going to make the flight. Uh, I'm going to be close. You think I could just leave it parked here by the airport and they'll come get it, right? <laughs> I once did that. I once left it. I once left it and called the, the rental car place and asked them to go get it. I forget did it what work? it was, but it was something recruiting. And it worked? They did it. They did. They weren't happy, but they did it. Otherwise, listen. They didn't know where the car would end up, so. <laughs> hey, Jeff, you know Coach is a movie buff, right? You know he knows everything about movies, right? I did not. So when I interview with Valpo, he says to me, I want to be, a, you know, I, my, I said, what's your goals? He says, I, I want to be a high major coach. I, wanna, I don't want to be here forever. I want to, you know, yada, yada, yada. And I thought, well, that's pretty cool. I said, listen, we need to go to the pumps retreat because it would be, be good for you. I know a lot of people out there. I've done it for several years. And – there's a guy out there named Bill Carr. He's a headhunter. Yeah. And you need to meet with Bill and I'll set it up and you can have lunch. So fast forward, it's the weekend that the whole Baylor thing goes down. So Tim Floyd's there. We're going to getting ready to watch John Wooden speak. And Floyd's like, you know, we're all telling Coach, like you're perfect for the job, all that stuff. His best friend was Kim Mulkey's husband at the time. So I'm thinking this is a pretty good weekend. This is really going well for coach. So I give him this, he goes, does this lunch with this Bill Carr guy Coming out of lunch, Coach says, now listen, I don't – and understand, I don't know Coach that in depth yet. I've only been there seven weeks. But I know Bill Carr. And we're coming out, and he says, hey, we're going to give Bill a ride to the airport. I said, all right, whatever. So we're going to the L.A. airport, seven lanes, and Bill's in the back seat. And we're talking, conversing, and all of a sudden, Coach smacks me and says, Drisk, Drisk, it's the one-armed bandit from the fugitive. I said – and I'm, I'm trying to ignore him because I'm thinking 
Bill really liked him at lunch. And if there's a high major job that comes on, this might screw the whole thing up. So he goes, Trish, 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 slow down, slow down, slow down. I think it's him. I think it's the one-armed bandit from the fugitive. So we're in seven lanes in L.A. traffic, and we're driving. And all of a sudden, I'm thinking, this isn't going to go well. Bill's going to cut us off. And Bill says, hey, hey, Matt, I think he's right. I think it's the one-armed bandit. So coach says, slow down, slow down, slow down. So we're on seven lanes. We slow down. He puts the window down, and he goes, hey, hey, you're the one-armed bandit. You're the one-armed bandit for the fugitive. And the guy puts his window down like this much, and all of a sudden he just looks at coach, and he's like, hey, the thumbs up. And Bill Carr in the back, I'm looking in the mirror, he's like, Oh, Scott, you were right. And oh, man. I mean, Bill Carr was like all into Scott Drew. It was amazing with the one arm man. Hey, Scott, what, what's the uh, coolest call or text you've received in the last week since winning the national title from somebody that, that isn't a part of the family, somebody that you were just blown away at now knows who you are? Oh, I, honestly, I. I know, I know the tweets out there to our guys that, that blew me away. Some of them. Um, uh, but I, I don't know if there's a, uh, I got some childhood friends I haven't heard from forever. Maybe, maybe one of those. Um, but I mean, I think it's more about the guys like uh, Donovan Mitchell wearing a Baylor Jersey. And I mean, magic Johnson and uh, um, like guys, guys like that, Charles Barkley after the game, texting everybody, but uh, um more, more their their success. Chuck picked you, right? He picked you to win it all, didn't he? Well, no. actually, he didn't before the game. But uh, uh, Chuck did have to. a message for our guys that was really good about rebounding. I think it had us motivated before Houston. I texted Chuck. Jeff, you're the only one to pick this, man. I'm telling no, I'm not you. the only one. But I texted Chuck. I said, pick Baylor. And uh, he didn't listen to me either, I guess. But I got <laughs> Chuck one right. Chuck doesn't listen got, to a lot of people, though. <laughs> I got one right. Listen, that, that, that Myrtle Beach game – Against Villanova, yeah. that sold me. That sold yeah. me, and man, I was on the wagon for the last two years, and and uh, it, it's been a pleasure. I mean that it's been a pleasure um, covering this team, this group, um, coaches, players, former players. I'm mean, just cool seeing Tweety Carter, who I hadn't seen in I don't know how many years. It's been a long time, and um, I'm glad we did this. And, and again, I'm I'm really thankful scott for for everything you've done for this one all right i'm like, thankful too thank you so much well we, we appreciate you guys yeah it, i know i know you wanted her to be a part of it and i appreciate it because uh it, it's been fun doing these things um with her and you know how it is i mean your kids are a little bit younger she's off to college in about a year so these things are, how old he is hey have, have we decided where you're going to yet because we, we were still trying yet. to get baylor <laughs> I'll come visit if we can. I'll try. All right, we're getting. We're Might getting be too visit. far for mom. I know my mom. I don't know if she'll let me, but we'll see. There, there, hey, there aren't direct flights from Boston to Waco, Scott. Okay, but I will let Robbie know that uh, uh, definitely we've been upgraded on the <laughs> we, show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, hey, hey, Dev hey Devontae, Ty, AD, do you guys want to add anything? Um, you know, Devontae is the best fisherman on the team. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I have a quick story. Um. I just remember something that will always stick with me at Baylor. Um, coming from junior college, um, you know, the, the level is extremely different. I had to work out with Coach Tang. And um, 
uh, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. And I just remember um, I was on the floor 20 minutes in and I couldn't breathe. And, you know, and Coach Tang kept telling me, you know, stand up, you know, you know, it, uh, girls lean over, you know, and, I, and I'm a guy, you know, I take a lot of things personal. And every time he said that, said that my body was telling me no, but, you know, his words was like, I'm like, no, there's no way I'm gonna let this guy defeat me. Well, I, I just remember, you know, 30 minutes in, I just couldn't go anymore. And Coach Tang was just like, <laughs> I felt like Coach Tang was looking at me like, yeah, I got you, you know, I got you, you know. And I just that 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 workout always will stick stick with me, and, and um, it really pushed me. Like, you know what, I want to be here, and, and I, I want to get better. So I remember um, my second year, I had the workout with him, and, and I, it, I I wasn't phased by it. So I was like, okay, that's a check mark for me. Yeah, and I was like, my. One of my great stories that I have at Baylor, and one thing I just want to say that, you know, I'm I'm very proud of you guys. You know, uh, I, every interview that I get, I just – I call it the 2019-21 season because it's just unfortunate what happened last year. And I, and I do think that we would have went to the Final Four again last year. But uh, I'm just very proud of you guys and proud of all the coaching staffs. And I know how all the hard work you guys do, you know, staying there scouting and putting the time in and, you know, emphasis on – every single little detail that a player does, you know, and it doesn't go unnoticed for me. And, uh, and I'm just very grateful and I'm appreciative of, of everything you guys have done. So cool to see you there at the game, Devontae. You, Freddie, before he had to leave. That was really cool. AD, you got, you, Ty, got anything? T-Swan had something. T-Swan? Yeah, I was going to share that recruiting, uh, how you never uh, take a day off. I was, I know I ran into Coach Mills, Coach Driscoll, and you uh, during the AAU circuit with officiating. But uh, I think it was two two summers ago before uh, COVID hit, I uh, ran into Coach Drew again in Duncanville um, at the Gasol tournament, I'm pretty sure it was. And, uh, you know, coaches, coaches have always been consistent throughout the, my time after playing. And that's, I think that's a true measure of a, a coach's character as well, because there's nothing that you know they can't gain from you at that point. It's it's they they're they're willingness to help you and, and look out for you. So we always uh, get a chance to chop it up and I'm trying to get some some little nuggets from the coaches uh, if, whenever I run into them. But uh, you know he was first thing he was like, so where's your where's your Baylor gear? Where's your Baylor gear? I was like, coach, I mean I didn't bring any shirts, sir. You know I'm I'm working camp, so I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't in my on my mind. So uh, he was like, what size are you? And I was like, okay, well well it's it's two X. All right, tomorrow I'm gonna have it at your house. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, coach is gonna uh, fresh me up with some nice gear. So going back to the story about the the, the bright gold that Baylor kind of transitioned to after I finished. I mean, coach brought sent me the most loudest the the lime green lime lime yellow uh, <laughs> shirt CU shirt. And I was like, yeah, you can point me out anywhere in the uh, in the gym. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was and I wore it with pride. Um, you know, I love um, what you know you guys are doing the the players. Um, carrying that torch. I mean, it takes a special group of guys to continue that going. You know, granted me, Matt, and and and, and Ryan, and, and Will, and and, and uh, everyone else kind of started off, but it's important that, you know, Coach Drew and, 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 and the coaching staff brought guys in to continue that work. And that work and that sacrifice wasn't done in vain. Um, and, you know, hey, we're in Dallas, so you know, Baylor is definitely the, the flavor of the year right now, and, and, and especially winning, uh, being the second national championship that Texas has given, so has gotten. So I, I definitely want to uh, applaud the, the sacrifice you guys have taken 
and, and, and experience from day one, to my departure to, you know, the, the work that Tweety, Quincy, you know, Isaiah, all these guys have done and laid the groundwork to what it, what, what it is today. And yes, I, I'm, I'm, I remember those days overseas and staying up late and, and wearing Baylor proud, proud seeing that first NCAA tournament burst and Elite Eight. And it's like, hey, this is the new standard. Guys coming after, after that, continuing on that work. Thank you, Tommy. Anything else, Ty or AD? Hey, I think Tang's getting on me because Tang said you got to make some recruiting calls soon, Scott. You got to yeah, get in the portal. I know. I know. Ty, you got you got one in AD. The only thing out. I'll say is I was disappointed to see Lace get off the call because I was going to hit up for some gas money for all those trips to Shreveport and back. <laughs> but um, no, just seeing all these guys on this call has been unbelievable. With all the generations of Baylor basketball, it's been great. And for a place that means so much to me and my family, it's been it's been awesome. All right. Listen, appreciate everybody. Uh, Scott, I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I did. I know I know my daughter did, too, in terms of kind of hearing all the stories. And again, congrats uh, to all you guys, uh, to everybody associated with the, the Baylor program, um, you know, taking it from where you did to where it is now. Um, amazing job. So, again, uh, congrats, uh, national champion, Baylor Bears. So thanks, Scott. Thank you guys very much.